we did that the other day. I think it was the last episode or one of the, the episode before talking about, you know, reacting. And it's that every, it's like, well, who fucking gives a shit about someone's reaction to something? Comment on it. Have an opinion on it. Like, I don't give a fuck what you your reaction to it. Like, I don't know. Well, that's but I still don't like the word because it is a, it is a, it is a That's what we're doing, but yes, I hate reaction videos, yes. Just just drives me at the fucking wall. Get a grip. Well, it's it's the 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 it's the laziest of Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I mean this is know. the this is the second laziest form of entertainment, but that's the laziest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should put that in there in there this episode somewhere. <laughs> we should, yeah. This format is the laziest form of <laughs> Hey Queen Nerds! It's been a week already? How did that happen? Anywho, strap in kids, we're talking Queen. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, or any distance is walking distance if you've got the time. While you're walking, why don't listen to us chat about a random song from one of the most diverse bands in rock and roll history. I'm not giving you a kiss. Hey, Kev. What? How you doing, man? I'm a well. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Randy, and and I, I should fess up to our listeners that I am a little bit drunk, and that's probably only going to get worse as the uh, as the record goes on. So I'll apologize. Well, I would just like to say that for me, I am appalled by your behavior. <laughs> um, but. You were talking about my micropenis before we went on here. What do you mean you're appalled <laughs> by my behavior? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're bringing that up. No, anyhow, uh, I will add this, Kevin. I will add this. And it, it, it was that I stopped at a pub on the way home from work. Not my work, but somebody else's work. <laughs> and uh, just for our listeners, I sent I sent my buddy Kevin a really nice picture of a Nokomis, nice and close and tightly cropped, a beautiful, and it was like you know it was sweating, yeah, uh, with the caption, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> you did, and I was still in work at the time. You jackass. <laughs> I was in meetings till half five today. I don't usually work till oh. half four. You know. Oh, excuse me. Anyhow, so uh, thanks, Kev. Thanks for. Uh... Thanks for taking the abuse. But anyhow, so what did you do? Do you anything exciting last week? You got any news? Or because I'm not sure that I do actually. Um, I might I could make something up. I mean, I wrestled. Oh, no. I wrestled. Uh, I wrestled. Uh, I wrestled a newt. Um, oh, not again! I won that one. I um, I had a uh, a staring contest with a parrot. That was kind oh. of challenging actually because you've got to keep moving from left to right because they don't have you know like they're not like an owl where you can just look them right in the face. You got to keep switching yeah. from left to right. So I won that one. Yeah, the one I lost will surprise you. Mm, go on. Um, I had a cuddling contest with a koala, Ooh. and the fucker out cuddled me. Can you believe it? I'm not surprised. They're pretty I don't cuddly. Even know what I'm talking about. Well, I will add one thing. I think before we should, I think properly move on. I don't want to. I don't want to brag or anything, but I will say this: I got my garbage bin out to the alley in time for the trash collectors. I did not miss uh, garbage week. And for me, hey, you got to take the little wins, you know, little victories, you know, big defeats. Yeah, I mean, right there, just as people listen now, I'm I'm saying this after what's just happened. Mm -hmm. I'm just laid in. We are the champions. For you, because that is a champion move, my friend. A champion move. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies. Okay, listen, everybody, like, just <laughs> simmer down, because it does not happen every week, I will assure you. And uh, you know who finds it really funny when I don't get the garbage out? <laughs> okay, now let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. So, uh, oh, good Lord. Why don't we do some tweets there, Kev? All right. Well, I mean, the first thing we've got to talk about... Oh, hang on. <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm just coughing my lungs up here, listeners, because we have got unbelievable oh. smoke in this in our city right now. We're getting this fires up north yeah. and it's blowing just to an unbelievable degree where you wouldn't really want to be outside too long in this at the moment. Yeah, that's actually uh, something I want to mention. Yeah, we are absolutely blanketed with smoke. 
uh, our province next door is burning like crazy, and also a big, no, a small chunk of northern Saskatchewan's burning. Yeah. The winds have shifted, and it's really just come in. We went went from uh, 31 degrees uh, Celsius this afternoon, uh, and the 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 uh, the smoke came in, and we dropped about 10 degrees in just yeah. a matter of a, about an hour or two. Uh, that's that's how big of an effect it's had. And it's, it's incredible for you know again for people who are not from where we're from, Randy. We're, we're getting smoke from sort of you know three four hundred miles away. I mean, it's it's just yeah. it's so, but it blows in and it's this because mm-hmm. it's so the, the fire is so big. Anyway, yeah, I mean it, it, it's crazy, and I hope that it blows over soon. I hope really that my main hope is that no one loses their life, no one's property gets damaged from all those fires up north. So yeah, yeah. All right, well, you know that's that's all very um, down. Let's get up again. So, Good Company was our episode last week. It's a great little song. It's a great little bouncy, jaunty thing. And Wasn't we it? we voted, or uh, we, sorry, no, we didn't vote, Randy. We predicted the vote, and you said ninety ten. Mm-hmm. I was kind of mad because that's exactly what I would have gone for. So I said ninety one to nine percent. So, what was the uh, eventual outcome of last week's poll? Well, we're gonna have to go right down to the. Uh the point percentage on this because it was 90.4 uh, champion and 9.6 bites the dust. So basically we have 9.6 people that are, are I don't just, know, I'm not sure what happened with them. It's just, maybe they weren't hugged as a, as a child or something. I'm not sure. I suspect that they were, you know, they're probably Catholics. They're, they probably yeah. have, some you know, guilt involved guilt in their lives and unresolved guilt and shame because that's the only thing i can think of to explain it but probably I mean, seems yeah. like that's the likely answer the most galling thing of all of course is that you won this one because you were you know had it swung point two the other way i would have won <laughs> and you know how how competitive i am about these things randy so you know yes yes it's a bit sickening kev but anyhow so Stephen ursel says champion very clever and lots of fun but also wise and genuinely profound and it wouldn't be a true Brian song without a chunk of wistful melancholy thrown in for good measure. Wonderful song. And I, again, I, I, I kind of commented underneath Randy, and the more I've thought about that song, and I know that, you know, you can sort of apply your own um, perspective or perception of a song in retrospect that yeah. the artist didn't mean, but I think there's a real mental health um, spin that you can put on this song where, you know, Keep, take care of those you call your own and keep good company. It's almost like saying you've really got to look after yourself because, you know, and Sally left and, you know, he's, he's, he's with his pipe at the end of his life and no one else is there. It's, it's like I said yeah. to you, like, you've really got to, you got to love yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to be okay in your own company because at the end of the day, that's all you really have. So yeah. I don't know. I think that's, I think it's a bit deep and profound and also most likely wrong. So very deep, very, very profound, Kev, as always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Rob Marr says, Champion, dear Paul, I see your when I'm 64 and I raise you by doing all the instrumentation myself. Question for the panel Is A Night at the Opera Brian's best album lyrically? Question mark. 39, Prophet Song, Good Company, gotta be a strong contender. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I was, cause I think I had commented as we were listening, Kev, that yeah. I thought it had sort of Paul McCartney-esque-ness to it. So a hundred percent and yeah, uh, without, without doubt. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, okay. 39 profit song, good company are all, I mean, I, I can't really argue against that being his best album lyrically. Yeah. I'd be, be very surprised if anyone else would too. So you know what, Rob? Barring uh, a split decision or the judges coming back with some sort of, you know, vote rigging scandal, I, I think you might be right. I think this is Brian's best lyrical album. So, could be. Lynn Davidson says, "If it were any band but Queen, I'd probably dust it. But in the context of who Queen were and what they did, it's a massive champion." And I'd kind of commented on this, Randy, that I think that yep. this is one of those weird songs that there's probably Queen and the Kinks. And maybe that's about it. Who could release something like this on a mainstream, huge hit rock and roll record, and have it not be not feel out of place and not be yeah. like, oh fuck off, really seriously, you're on us. It's they, they, they can they carry it because it's genuine and sincere and authentic. And those are the only two bands I can think of. Unless you've got you know a Canadian band that you can think of. 
the well, guess who you, could the guess who do this on an album randy well the guess who did 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 different stuff too i mean that's what i always liked about the rock bands especially of this era is that they could yeah. do you know balls out rockers and they would just do something that's like crazy and take you out of left field whether it's a uh like the guess who you know sometimes they would do sort of more jazzy stuff right but you know and listen hey not that jazz but Anyhow, hey, Alice's dad says champion every day and twice on Sundays. This song is in my top 5% of Queen songs. Brian attempts a Freddie and tries his hand at Music Hall and absolutely nails it. Could Freddie have sung it? Yes. But I think Brian's voice just suits the song perfectly. And uh, and I agree. I think his voice does suit it perfectly. And could, could Freddie have sang it? Fuck, of course. But it wouldn't be the same. So we've got to take it the way it is. It might be the only song in the Queen catalogue, and, you know, people will say 39, and we'll get to that one maybe on the 39th episode, Randy, as we talked about last week. But this is probably the only one in the Queen catalogue that I think that I would have rather have Brian sing it. And I don't know why that is, mm-hmm. but there's just something about... Well, actually, there is one more from News of the World, but it's it's slim pickings for... Because Freddie's Freddie, but I think this one yeah. just suits Brian so much. So, sorry, so well. Mm-hmm. Rob Hatton says you can't be all in on Queen and not love tracks like this this is where Brian thrives vocally in that lower mid-range and stylistically folky gotta love the inventiveness of his mini guitar orchestra which is the sort of thing that sets him apart from other guitarists yeah I mean you know yeah. we both love Steve Ray Vaughan we both love Van Halen we both love you know Satriani a lot of the guys but they weren't yeah. they weren't doing things like this they weren't being so belligerent in their sort of, you know, yeah, because all those guys could have brought in a band. No, fuck it, I'm going to do this on guitar. Like, there's there's a stubborn, stupid, yeah. you know, relentlessness that Brian made that you just admire, right? Well, let's just face it, he was probably had something to prove, right? Mm-hmm. He was trying to prove it, so. And, and I think and I think he did it. And I, and I do believe in the episode I commented, I said, you know, ultimately, I feel at the end of the day, if he would have actually hired a, a real brass band, it probably would have sounded better. But but right. but that's not the point. He didn't, and he did it this way, and and it's great, and and I and I love it. Our buddy Ian Ling says, "Love it. It's like a jaunty McCartney track, very much in the Honey Pie slash. You gave me the answer, school, and uh, yeah, we've already kind of talked about that. Yeah, very McCartney esque for sure. C- certainly vocally, absolutely. And Jim yes. C says it might not be the Michael. Well, okay, so this is where we saw I start to lose people because. I don't do basketball, Randy, and maybe you're maybe you are of the basketball uh, clan, being a North American sportsaholic that I know you are. But he yeah. says it might not be the Michael Jordan of Queen tracks, but he's definitely up there in Steve Nash territory, or some other busted ass sports analogy. Which you know, there you go. I agree with that. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Actually, Jim, we don't. Uh, it's fucking super. You know, it makes sense. So you see what he does there, Randy? That's a pun, a pun yeah. or a play on words. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so, Kev. Michael Jordan is a super duper amazing basketball player. Steve Nash is also a super amazing basketball player. Michael Jordan is like six foot whatever. Nash, <laughs> short little guy, your height. No. Yeah, little guy. Okay, now I'm calling bullshit on that. Okay, all right. There's no, there's, there's no way that the, the, the basketball player is five foot seven. Well, you check it out. We'll see if I'm right. And if I'm, I'm wrong, che- I'm checking it. If out I'm now, wrong, cut this all out. <laughs> He's six foot three. <laughs> Steve Nash is six. Hang on He's a second. Six foot three. <laughs> but, but you know, but you know, he's Canadian, so he's he's handicapped. Okay. You know, right, in that okay, regard, so, you know, in, in basketball okay, so cut, regard. So cut all that out. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Not a chance in hell that's staying in. Absolutely. No, I'm mean, okay. So we, uh, I think a new listener, Andy, um, I think it's Aaron, uh, Prime Jive Funster, says, I recently discovered your podcast, and I must say I've enjoyed it tremendously. You know what? Hey, thanks, man. Super, super appreciate that, as always. Um, as for a good company, while not one of my personal favorites, it's still a champion in every sense. Brian really shines with his McCartney-esque vocals and his one-of-a-kind layered instrumentation. Yeah, man. I mean, there you go, right? I mean, we, we, set the, we can beat this to death, but if you're a Queen fan how do you not love this song it's got everything you yeah. love about queen it's inventive yeah crazy a, a little bit ostentatious a little bit sort of self-indulgent but it's just beautiful and brilliant so yeah yeah i think it really hits all the marks uh dave wilson says vaudeville voluptuousness and uh yeah hey we like it uh although my british friend said you should have said 
vaudevillian <laughs> voluptuousness. But, you know, Keb just likes to correct people. So, <laughs> you know, and one of our, one of our, um, or a couple of our, well, Ian Ling and uh, Ian the Translator, which is his Twitter yes. handle, yes. are both language gurus and nerds. And I think they would agree that I think that vaudeville voluptuousness doesn't scan quite as well as vaudevillian. E. So, Could you know, you, you know, know Randy. I, I will leave this to the experts because I am certainly not one. Dita at My Chameleon Day says, it's a champion. It is a song from the world of Leroy Brown, Seaside Rendezvous, and Loverboy. Not rock, but completely and uniquely queen. Love it. Just that's yeah. Actually, that's a perfect summation. It really is, yeah. Ian Winnick, we were just talking about you, buddy. Hard not to love this song if you're a Queen fan. Would I put it on a playlist? Yes. One called you probably won't believe this is Queen. We could license the playlist to Kev's Pool Club for their jukebox and confuse the punters. Yes! I love it! <laughs> Brilliant. As Tim Healy would say, that's champion, man. Okay. So or how would Tim... he say it, Kev? Because uh, I have absolutely no idea how he would say it. Okay, so yeah, so Tim Healy, so, so Ian posted this, um, this picture online. So this is a very old... British TV show, you know those old British TV shows that simply wouldn't get made today because of certain problematic elements in their, you know, the scripting and the the the, the attitudes of the of the characters. But Tim Healy's a very famous British character actor and sort of comic actor. This guy here, uh, and he played a, uh, in this or he's in this TV show called Auf Wiedersehen Pet. So it's about a bunch of British uh, laborers, builders who go over to Germany to do, you know, contract work and construction work. And they're very parochial in their attitudes about the Germans and their sort of their, you know, the, the culture and everything. And so you've got Oz, this guy at the back, Jimmy Jimmy Neal, who was also quote unquote a singer. But yeah, this guy's so he's a Jordan. That's champion, man. So that's his little it's not a catchphrase, but it's just something he would say, Randy. And that was actually, you know, about a minute's worth of content that didn't mm -hmm. need to happen. But I'm gonna throw yeah. it in there anyway. Yeah, it seems like quite a bit of talking. <laughs> Justin Fotheringham, another awesome episode, fellas. Thank you, Justin. Love the song. Uh, the storytelling lyrics and an unhappy, an, an unhappy story about losing everyone and being alone in the end. Sorry, I kind of fucked that up there. Right. It's actually quite a cheerful tune. It's definitely a champion. Well, and Lisa Malloy says, a stone-cold champion. A champion, it must be said, in capital letters. Because, you know, when you're writing capitals on the internet, mm -hmm. it's not like shouting. It's, em it's emphasizing. It's emphasis on the syllables, right? Yeah. A stone called champion. Brilliant and thought-provoking lyrics wrapped up into a vaudevillian. There you go. Masterpiece. Yes. My own limited company lyrics are very clever. Well-deserved inclusion to B-side of a night at the opera. My joint favorite album side, along with side black of Queen 2. And we've definitely talked about this a little bit on uh, a previous episode, that that's going to be a really good conversation to have about which is the best single side of a Queen album. And you know what? She's mm -hmm. got a point. It's a pretty fucking good side. PJ at New Mercury says, with this on the speakers, you'll always be in good company. Champion. Okay, our pals down in Australia, Queen Rocks uh, underscore underscore AU. Not dash, you know, not hyphen. Not, uh, it says, a masterpiece. Rather than me bang on about it, check my next tweet to read what Nuno Betancourt thinks about it. And then goes on to say, you know, Nuno says, it's hard to believe that this is guitar. And that somebody actually created that. Am I a Queen fan? Do I sound like a Queen fan? I don't know. I mean, you know, even if I wasn't a fan, you'd have to go, what is that? How did that happen? Who was responsible for that? So, I mean, yeah, man, Nuno Betancourt, I, I don't care if you like Extreme. I don't care what you think of their performance, the Live Aid, or sorry, the Freddie Tribute Concert. Nuno Betancourt is a fucking God-level guitar player. He just is. I, you know... The guy knows music. He knows guitar. So if he's saying... He's the, he's the current Eddie Van Halen, is what I would say. There you say. go. Our buddy Ben says, this song demonstrates Queen's willingness to experiment with different musical styles. The fusion of various genres in the song showcases the band's versatility and creativity. The track stands out as a unique and unexpected addition in Queen's repertoire. Repertoire. And okay. de deserves to be a C. Fuck, did I ever fuck that up? A C. You know what I love? Is that yeah. we've now got people on our social media feeds, Randy, mm -hmm. who are abbreviating words because they know what we'll mean, and they're working within the uh, 
the confines that we've set about. <laughs> also, the completely arbitrary confines of Twitter. The fuck? Why is there a character limit on Twitter? I mean, it's just the most asinine, stupid fucking prohibition ever. Well, actually, since we decided that we would get people choose yes or no. So, <laughs> Paul Bradbury says, champion of champions. It's classic Queen. Brian painstakingly building the brass section with individual guitar notes is so quintessentially him. There's not really anything else like it in the Queen catalogue. And again, I mean, it, we're going to run into that. That last sentence, I think, will run into a lot when we do this uh, This band's work is they did so many things that were not like anything else, that didn't sound like anything else, that didn't pace like anything else, that weren't, you know what I mean? Like, they're one yeah. of those bands that did just, well, fuck it, let's rip the scripts up and do something completely different. I don't care what we did before, let's just do this. And it didn't always work. It certainly didn't always work, but they were never afraid of uh, embracing that. So, Yeah, and that's what I like about them. Alex Small, one of Brian's finest hours. Wonderful lyrics, Dixieland jazz, and sung in Brian's lower register, just as it should be. A perfect little bit of fireside warmth. Thanks, Alex. I love that fireside warmth. I like that phrase because that's yeah, exactly I know, what it does. It yeah. yeah, it gives you that. It gives you those kind of warm and fuzzies, right? Yeah. Um, Ruddy. Ruddy, 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 Rutherford. I think I've added four reasons. There are five, maybe five. It says, I've always interpreted this as a warning. The narrator sings that he hardly noticed Sally as we parted company. And also, all my friends by a year, by and by, disappeared. He threw himself into his work and didn't spend the time with those he loved and was loved by. So again, there you've got an introspective spin on it, right? So I think that does somewhat align with what I was thinking with the mental health thing, where you've got this very... It's self-critical, right? Like it's that, yeah. you know, it, it's not a, an outer projection of, of, of criticizing or commenting on someone else, but it's really sort of being a little bit harsh on on, on, on oneself. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Leighton Brown, champion, champion, champion. Like Kev said, I burst into a total shit-eating grin with that orchestral jazz swing section every single time. <laughs> Thanks, Leighton. Seriously, it's one of the things that makes me happiest in the world. Um, Darren Halliwell says, Champion, great work from Brian. I wonder how long it took him to do the guitar parts. The early albums have some different styles of music, and they did it so well. John Bryce, hi, guys. Apologies for not voting lately. I fell behind on my listening, but I've caught up. Unsure Randy pushed the champ or dust button on this, so his decision, not official. <laughs> Good company, a champ for me. Unsure in my younger years, but I now appreciate it. Great cast, Brycey. Oh, thanks, Brycey, man. That's, yeah. And you know what, dude? Really? You don't have to apologize for falling behind. Just do better. <laughs> Fucking get a grip. Like, it's once <laughs> a week, you, like, for fuck's sakes. We're not asking much. <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, Matt Greenham in brackets verified. Uh, this, I just I, know. I don't know why that amuses me so much. Yeah. Do this, but blue yeah. tick verified. <laughs> blue tick is still the best one. Um, it says champion. I've loved this since I was a kid. One of the first songs where the lyrics really made an impression. By the way, uh, reference Brian's lyrics: father to son. Geez, that bit about the letter kills me every time. So, uh, Pie, champion. Brian is the only person in the world who could have done this, and only had a small window in time to do it. He wouldn't have got away with this after 1977. Yeah. His voice on this and a couple other tracks reminds me of Peter Skellern. Is that how I say it? There, I said it, he says. That's a, I, I like that point, that this is a song that Queen didn't do or couldn't have done, I don't think, after 77. I think that's a really fucking good point, actually. Like, Jazz was the last album where they it was just sort of like, we can just do whatever the fuck we want and we don't yeah. give a fuck. And after yeah, that, yeah. they they started to have more of an ear for, you know, well, we've got to get played and we're not the prog rocky thing anymore and pop's taking over and the, the, we got, you know, you know what I mean? Like that sort of... Well, they could, yeah, they could have some pressure from uh, the record companies too. A hundred percent, I I don't know, but I mean, I'm assuming that's the case. So Leslie says, if it's on an act the opera, it's a champion. In the advertising blurb of a complication album, now I'm going to... I think that's probably compilation that uh, Autocarrot has decided to, you know, make an adjustment to for no fucking good reason. In brackets, mm -hmm. can't remember which one. It's 100% killer, no filler. Yeah, man, dude, a night at the opera, there's a reason why it's a classic album. There's, there's a reason why people still talk about it. So I'm totally on board with that. 
uh, Nichols and a bunch of numbers behind says <laughs> a song that has resonated with meeting and increasingly so over the years. As glorious as they all are, not many Queen songs have done that for me. Young Brian knew a thing or two. Good sandwich. Now, Kev, I'm not sure what the good sandwich reference is, <laughs> but hey, man, I love a good sandwich too. So, okay, look. So, what? What's your best sandwich? What's the best sandwich, Randy? What for, for Mr. Randy? What is the best sandwich? Oh, fucking hell, man! I don't know. You know, whatever I'm. Uh, I don't know. It changes all the time, man. Well, you're wrong. It's cheese and pickle. That's the best sandwich. Well, and not I mean... not not fucking dill pickle. Cheese and pickled onion. Like cheese, a cheese, a, a good cheese and pickle sandwich, man. It just it's unparalleled. There's nothing better than that. Ah, uh, you're wrong. Uh, yeah, Duxy Bus says very mature subject matter for Brian. He was still in his twenties when he wrote Good Company. The song is about a workaholic who doesn't nurture his friendships and ultimately his marriage. The cleverest lyric of all is "limited company," which has double meaning. And you know, that's a really good point because you, you sometimes get young songwriters expressing um, really sort of complex ideas. One of the things that comes to mind for me, Randy, I don't really know the song um, Hello In There by John Prine, no, which was no. off his first album. So John Prine's an American singer-songwriter, which I know that a lot of people don't like the, the label singer-songwriter because it generally tends to mean twat with a guitar. But he, he did this song, and it's about it's, it's about old people and the way that society sort of forgets them. And all they really want is for someone to just recognize that they're still alive. And so I think that that you know, when when a twenty year old, a mid twenty year old, can tap into something that's beyond their own experience, I think that's I don't know, that's pretty. It's always pretty cool to me. I think that's a it shows a a good sort of empathy for humanity. Uh, the Moonlight Night says ten uh, percent of the people voting this down must be twats. Hey, there he goes. He got it right. Because <laughs> how would how Mr. I, Randy actually pronounce that usually? How do they do, Kev? Because normally yeah. here in Canada we say. What? But Keith Austin, our last comment on Twitter says, good company, champion, uneducated riffraff, go fuck yourselves. Hey, you know what, Keith? I think the uh, Cardinal will welcome you into his congregation. Come, come, my child. Sit down. <laughs> All right, so over to Facebook, uh, James Lawrence says, always love this song. My parents have a night at the opera on record. And when I first heard the repeating, take care of those you call your own, own, own. As a kid, I thought the record had got stuck. The fact that it is followed by Bohemian Rhapsody on the album has always amused me. What a difference. Keep up the great podcast. Hey, James, yeah, man, without trying to be overly fawning on this podcast, thank you so much for listening and thanks for the, uh, thanks for the feedback. Russell Watkins says, champion for me, good company is excellent. Another example of the painstaking work the lads put into the production of an Out of the Opera album. Everything except the kitchen sink is in this album. And I love it. And I still think the kitchen sink is in there somewhere if we listen hard enough. I just don't think I they think, put it on the line I think probably somewhere, yeah, they might have just, you know, turned it down a bit in the mix. <laughs> Michael J. Smith says, champion 100 times over. Incredible guitars from Brian and just a great listen. Fab episode again, boys. Dude, I'm, we're, we're going to get big heads if people keep saying this shit, right? So No, no, no. Well, I am. Uh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, Sarah Champion, or Sarah, Sarah Champion. <laughs> Sarah Chapman, it's a champion for me. Great episode as always. Thank you. And yes, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, oh, man, this is Anone Butler. I'm going to go on Anone because I think accent goo on the E is A, I think. Um, says, it's a great song. Night at the Opera is such a carefully constructed album, and this sits perfectly before bow rap. I always prefer Freddie singing anything, e.g. I prefer his tradition of All Dead, All Dead, but Brian sings this beautifully. Deborah Standinger, it's a champion for sure. And Out of the Opera was the first Queen album I ever purchased. And this song brings back great memories. Yeah, oh, man. man, isn't it a great song? I love it. Um, Nick Croft says, 100% champion. It might be an unknown track to non-Queen fans and to some an album filler compared to Bo Rap. But when you actually understand what Brian did on that track is amazing. Fuck the brass band. I'll do it all myself. Every single note, aside from bass and drums, was him. Multiple guitars used and painstakingly long. He said in an interview, note by note played and dropped in. He played it live once for his Red Special book launch, and you can see it on YouTube, him on Ukulele. It's quite sweet. All right, well, you know, speaking of nostalgia brains and all that kind of cack, what do you want to listen to tonight, Randy? Do you want to tell me, or do you want to... 
You know, you, should, you know, you could see if you were no, smart, no. you, you, you would say, "No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to tell no, you." No, I'm, I'm not. No, I don't. I don't want to hear what you're saying. <laughs> I got my own fucking mind over here, buddy. All right, fucking you know what I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say? What's that? I'm going to say this. Whatever, man. Just spin that fucking wheel. Oh, that's so boring. No, I'm not allowed to get. Okay, so look. So I guess if you're really gonna gonna force me, then I'll say, how about uh, something from Hot Space? All right. Okay, Hot Space. I, you know what I listened to? It's something that you've called for, I think at least twice. I really want to listen to Dragon Attack tonight. So Let's we're, get we're some Attack we're, of the Dragons in our yeah. Our we're lives. we're early eighties. We're both in the same. We're in the mood. For, which again, it's gonna, we're either gonna get something from the first album or from fucking Made in Heaven. Like we're gonna we, it's the, the wheel is gonna bend us over, make us touch our toes, and do the thing that sheep do to uh, other sheep. Uh, yeah, hmm. or any other mammal. I don't know why it's your sheep. Anyway, so let's should we spin the wheel. <laughs> spin that fucking wheel, Brown. <laughs> oh, it's getting spinny. It's spinny, Randy. We're getting the crest comes round, and we're landing on. Well, yeah, here we go. Oh, we're getting some innuendo. Okay. I, well, I mean, no, I wasn't far off. I said Made in Heaven or the first Queen album. We're not getting Made in Heaven, but we are getting innuendo. Which song from Innuendo are we getting, Randy? Don't try so hard. So I will ask you. I think I forgot last week, but I'm going to assume that you haven't heard this song. In fact, I'm I'd lay serious money that you haven't heard this song. Well, you just better hang on to your wallet because you never know. But yes, I don't think uh, I know this song. Okay. Well, how about this? I'll, I'll pitch a, a novel idea to you because usually what we do is we go away and we start to Google things and we look at books and we look at Wikipedias and we look at, you know, our own well, goodness, Kev, shriveled, old, walnut-esque, you know, appendages. Where and then we come, back and, talk, we come back and talk about it. How about we don't do it? No, fuck that. Let's do that. And now, a word from our sponsor. Fast Eddie's 24-hour mobile taxidermy is your one-stop shop for fast, efficient post-life modeling of your pets, hunting trophies, or road rage kills. Based in Carlisle and serving most of rural Cumbria, Fast Eddie has got you covered. Call 1-800-DEAD-PET. That's 1-800-D-E-A-D-P-E-T today to book your appointment. And use our offer code DEATH ON TWO LEGS OR FOUR to receive 25% off your first stuffing or mounting. Fast Eddies. Because a dead animal is just a live animal you haven't propped up with wire yet. So here we have a song coming in at 3 minutes and 39 seconds with all of our usual suspects, uh, with giving uh, Freddie Mercury a, a credit on synthesizers, which you don't necessarily always see. Recorded at uh, Mountain Studios in Montreux and Metropolis Studios in London, uh, March 89 to uh, 90. And uh, just from uh, the little few things I'm reading here, apparently there was uh, some speculation that maybe John uh, Deacon had wrote the song. Uh, because at this time, I do believe they were crediting everything to Queen, even though it might have been a single uh, songwriter. But apparently this is indeed a Freddie song, and uh, although although I haven't heard it yet. That seems to be the uh, the understanding I have. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's a cool song on Innuendo because of I think one of the things that makes it <laughs> that makes it punch above its weight, maybe, and we'll get into that potentially after the song is where it's placed on the album. So you get Innuendo. I'm going slightly mad. Headlong. I can't live with you. Th those are the first four songs on Innuendo, and you you know we've done Innuendo. We haven't done the other ones, but it, it the album yeah. comes out all guns blazing. And then we get this song, which is, as you'll hear, it's different to that. It's not a big balls out riffy rocker. It's this ballady, and it's it's a bit slower. So I think that it's a good sort of oh man, wanky word um, alert. Mm. It's a good juxtaposition, Randy, to um, what comes. That's before a big word, Kev, for a small guy. You know what, Randy? I think we should probably just listen to this fucking song. Do you want to do that? Searching hard for something, don't try so hard. If you're feeling kind of nothing, don't try so hard. 
problems seem like mountains Feel the need to find some answers You can leave it for another day Don't try so hard I love how Freddie Mercury could dial mm-hmm. his voice back so far. We had this massive, huge voice that could fill a stadium on the best of days with anyone in the world. Plant, Daltrey, fucking any of the guys from Deep Purple, the million singers they had. This guy could rock all of them, and yet he could dial that yeah. back and just do this falsetto thing that was it's beautiful pretty, and serene. Pretty like, dreamy and drippy so far. But if you fall and take a tumble, it won't be far. If you fail, you must grumble. Thank your lucky stars. Just savor every mouthful and treasure every moment. When the storm's raging round you, stay right where you are. There he's opening up, eh? Yeah, for sure. And that's what I was going to say. Mm. Like, it's that bit where he just lets rip a little bit. And it, it's that thing that, it, you know, it tightens your balls. And you think he's fucking going <laughs> for it right away. Like, you know that something big is coming. Well, it's you so stopped cool. right like, there, but I could hear Roger's snare roll. And it sounds like it's a big, beefy fucking yeah. snare. Which we haven't always had, have we, Randy? When we listen to these songs, we haven't always had no, a big, ain't. beefy Roger snare. But just to cut back to that quickly, I, again, I mean... It almost sounds stupid and reductive to talk about Freddie Mercury's vocal because we all know he was, you know, one of the sort of God-level vocalists. But again, when you sit and listen to these songs in isolation and you listen to what he's doing on this song, and this is the tail end of his career when in, you know, an innuendo, he knows the end's coming. He knows that, you know, the band knows that they've not got a lot of time left and they know he's dying. So they still have this <laughs> this presence and this ability to use different parts of his voice in this way to me is very sort of i don't know poignant and inspirational and very very cool I just want to cut to the synth bit in that. We've talked mm-hmm. a bit about synths with Queen, and I was talking to someone on my Tom Petty project, a podcast, Randy, about Queen's use of synths and my not love of everything they did, you know, mm-hmm. sort of post 70s with it. Um, I think they just, this fits, this works mm-hmm. well. Like they're not, they don't sound super cheesy. It fits the tone and the timbre of the song. Like it, they get this right. What do you think of the what do you think of the accompaniment in this? Because there's no real there's no Roger much in this. There's no John thumping around the bass. There's no big sort of Brian May chorusy sort of guitar. So what do you yeah, think of yeah, the I instrumentation? Mean, it, I mean it's good. Yeah, it's just like I said earlier, it's just it's just dreamy and, and drippy pads, right? It's just you know, to me I just yeah. I hear all these synthy pads and uh and, and it's not like I I don't I don't like them. It's not like I don't like them. I do it's fine. Uh, but it, it is it is definitely that it's it's you know, well it's a ballad right so. <laughs> I I always like, it's not that I don't like it, but, and as soon as there's a boat, you think oh the hammer is no, coming down. Uh, that's not what I said. You're taking uh, you're taking my words and you're twisting them, like a lawyer for Trump. Screaming at your bloody orders, but not to love. Polish all your shiny buttons, dresses lamb instead of muffin. But you never had to try to stand out from the crowd.
now we're getting Queenie, right? Yes, there. Yeah, finally, hey. <laughs> we we could hear Brian's guitar through the uh, you know, earlier section there, but now we finally get to hear it come alive. And then you get the, the harmonies and you can hear Roger and it's like it's a, it's a tease. The song's a tease up what are we? We're now, you know, it's a 3:44 song and we're two sort of 20ish in. And then we get the big reveal. Then we get the push. It's like that whole, oh, we're just going to lead you along and we're going to let you sit and think this is just going to... Then we go, boom, we're crashing out. It's they're, not full yeah. on, but it's got enough in it that's... You're yanking know. our chain, no question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> solo what do you think yeah Randy? yeah yeah I, I like it i thought it was i thought it was quite tasty yeah yeah you yeah i mean brian's got that thing that he can do a whole bunch of different things with his guitar and we talked about you know last week good company was a, a fine example of him being very meticulous and sort of almost sort of um no for robotic notes. in his approach to you know building this yeah. thing that's just all a bluesy you know, a feel kind of solo, right? Like a, but you know what I would say about Brian, and this is just my perception. And I, well, actually, I kind of don't think I'm wrong. As deliberate as he was on his uh, good company bits, yeah, he's just as deliberate in this bluesy solo yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. appears appears as though just off the cuff. It's like a stand-up comedian. They want you to just think that they're coming up there and just and that this is just the first thing off the top of their mind, but it's not. They planned it. It's all rehearsed, yeah. all the callbacks, all of it. Same thing with rock and roll. And in this case, I think, Brian, this is a meticulous, meticulously planned solo. And, and it's fucking brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's really good. But it's funny. I'll, I'll just, I'll throw, the, okay, throw this in and I might take it out if it just feels a bit reductive and redundant. But, and it, so this is, so for the listeners, like I write my, I write a bunch of songs and I just take them to Randy and Randy polishes the turds to a high gloss and somehow they become songs from these weird, ridiculous ideas. But I think one of the things that I always marvel at is you always play the right solo for the song. Even if I've not told you what I'm sort of, I'm thinking this or I'm thinking that, you know, <laughs> you know what the song needs just from it's that instinctive kind of i know there's like a, a programmatic thing that you've done it a million times in different bands and whatever but there's always still that thing that a good guitarist always gets right inside what the songwriter is thinking so i think that's that very much what brian's doing here is he sort of he yeah. knows where this song's going and he knows exactly what it needs it doesn't need the red special just fucking cutting your face yeah. off it needs that really sort of the, the tone swells and the the, yeah. the, the 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 paddy kind of synthy sort of vibe to it. It's just I don't know, man. I think that's the mark of a truly good guitarist is they have different modes and different looks on a, on on different songs, right? Agreed, agreed. Yeah, good point. And no comment on no comment on my praise for you, hey? You know. Oh, well, I mean, thanks, Kev. I I sincerely do appreciate that. And yeah. I, I will say, I will say, and I'm going to keep some of this in, but I will say for my listeners that. The only thing that I would criticize my friend Randy Woods for is being way too humble about his own um, his own ability as a musician and as a producer. As you know, so anyways, we'll 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 carry on from here. I'll I'll, I'll cut in now and I'll I'll go straight to the songs we can't re rebut. Yes, that's it. Yeah, nice har harmonics there, yes. and uh, they are—they aren't artificial. They are all 
uh, natural harmonics, which is just the uh, the harmonics that happen naturally within a string. So on the twelfth fret of any string, if you uh, just mute the string slightly with your left hand while you pick with your right hand, <laughs> it will give you uh, a harmonic, which is yeah. just you divide the length of the string by half, and it gives you a note that is uh, twice as high as the if it's an E, so that's it's an E above that. So then there's also other harmonics on the strings, which just are cutting it in quarters and eighths and you know what I mean? So, uh, holy cow, that's harmonics. on. May I, okay, so, okay, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, sort of never look behind the curtain. Don't really, So I'd asked Randy, we, we stopped that, and I, I said, like, I'll just explain this a little bit because I didn't know any of that. And I consider myself, you know, a music nerd, but I'm not a guitar nerd, so I don't know what the actual mechanics that are. But that's super cool that that's what it's doing is is dividing by half or a quarter. Yeah. That's, that's that's super well, super cool. I like that. Music music is math, right? You of course that. it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the length of your string. All frequency. There's also artificial harmonics, which we briefly just touched on. And that's usually like with uh, they're called pinch harmonics, and okay. it's just you can kind of do that by bending yeah. strings and doing kind of funny little things. But these are natural harmonics. By the yeah, and I remember my what so okay. Jesus, I mean, 20 years ago or something that my my brother came over to Canada to visit me and we came out to watch you play. And he, he's, he's like, fucking pricks fucking playing these harmonics without even looking at the fucking fretboard. And he was just <laughs> monumentally pissed off that you were so adept at playing those kinds of things. Oh, uh, fucking hell. That made me laugh. Yeah. All right, well, so, okay, what we're going to do, Randy, is we're going to go back and listen to this song again all the way through as we started doing now. Yes. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll vote and then we'll get into our dissection of whether we like the song, love the song, hate the song, or ambivalence about the song, or somewhere in between. I don't know what the in-between would be. Yeah, uh, well, there is. We've decided, fuck, we've decided there is no in-between, so. So you got that, it's, it's almost a quarter, right? We get the harmonics at the start and you get them at the end, so it's that, yeah, you know, you tie those yeah. things together, so. It's a bookend. So now we get the, it's not a fade out exactly, but we get the, you know, the tom roll yeah. and, you know, I don't know. The harmonic. It, the harmonics lead in and lead out and it's very atmospheric, so. Some might call okay. it a bookend, Kev. <laughs> a bookend, yeah. Um, Is that a technical term, Randy? Oh, would you, yes. Would you, would, you, would you say to, very, uh, you know, uh, Very, very technical, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's take all that into account, Randy. Um, is this one of the champions... Or is this slow, synth-heavy ballad going to bite the dust for you? What do you say? Well, I've got to be completely honest with you and with our listeners. Uh, with much deliberation, consideration, thoughtfulness, and some prayer. <laughs> Well, Kev, uh, really, that really only begs the question as to what you think about this. So, uh, and I was also joking about the prayer thing. I don't. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but, I, love, uh, I love that you feel the need to throw that caveat in there just in case anyone well, thinks you're a fucking nutcase. Well, yeah. Well, because, because I don't, yeah, I don't want people to think <laughs> oh. less of me. Like, oh my God, this guy believes in a fucking imaginary guy in the sky. The cardinal. Okay, all right. The car the cardinal is decrying the very thing in which he believes. What what? No, no. You should be defrocked. I'm the put in the pillory the and egged to different. death is what you should this be. This is a whole different church that I'm involved in. <laughs> okay, anyway, okay, okay, quit fucking around here. All right. So, Kev, for you, is this a champion or does this one bite the dust? It's a late queen song. It's got a you know a very melancholic Freddie vocal and a lyric. So I will say. I got to be honest, I really did not know what you would say. Uh, I was kind of thinking that you might might downvote it. So I'll, I'm, let, let me go first because I don't know that I have as much uh, to say as you do. Uh, you you generally have more to say than <laughs> I do. <laughs> but I'll say this. So, you know, uh, so first of all, there, there, there's, there's stuff I don't really like about it. Okay. Let's uh, dig into that then first. Yeah. It's it's not like, I got to be honest with you. It's not like, it's not a slam dunk for me. Yeah. 
but but it's but it's not a but it's not a, a, a total shit. But anyhow, so here let me just say this. So first of all, uh, I I love hearing that Raj is actually playing the drums and we're not listening to a drum machine. Uh, I will sound I will say that his snare drum sounds like he's playing it in another room or maybe another stadium <laughs> or possibly in another galaxy but you know different continent yeah. yeah it's not his fault really that was just sort of the style of time it's just it's the reverb's way too big and huge but yeah. that's just that was just the nature of it uh you know uh, i love i love brian's solo the 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 flanger at the part or the flanger at the top sorry of the solo uh really great i love it uh and it, he finishes with some really nice nice little face melter kind of you know kind of double compression stuff that we're used to hearing from uh, from Brian, and then of course, uh, uh Freddie is just you know a, a a wonder as always. And I mean, I guess I guess it just it just we we just can't go on and on about, enough about how how much this band relies on the vocal of this yeah, man yeah, who yeah, at this yeah. point was not well. Uh, now I didn't mention John John Deacon, and that's because uh because he was just playing all the right notes and just doing all the right things. Uh, as he always does, and and uh, and when you're that good, uh, and you're not noticed, it's because you're doing uh, such a tremendous job. So, uh, despite some of my uh, reluctance with some of the cheesy synths, which uh, they're mostly yeah. okay, yeah, uh, uh, I got I got to say, champion. So, Kev, what go on? What do you think? To me, this is one of the I don't know. It's one of the better later Queen ballads for sure. Um, yeah, I I don't. I don't dislike the synth in this. I think that, yeah, it sounds kind of of its era. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't sound massively cheesy to my ear. So that's that's the first thing. Like Because Queen did a lot of stuff in the 80s that was just like, ah, oh, man, my balls have shriveled up and gone in back inside my, I don't know, <laughs> wherever they go when they shrivel up, right? Like cause there's that kind of thing where I, I don't want to listen to that anymore. And This doesn't do that. Freddie's vocal in this is extraordinary. Because again, like he wasn't, well, and I think in the chorus, I would say that in the chorus, his vocal is a bit thin. He yeah, doesn't have that yeah. quite that punch and that power. But when I listened to this, I knew that he was not well. And I think that the fact that he just give gave it so much, despite not having quite as much as he used to have, yeah. endeared that to me. So one thing that's always elevated this to me is that lyric in the last verse. So. And maybe it's just because I served in the military. And he says, one day you'll be a sergeant major or you'll be so proud. Screaming out your bloody orders. Hey, but not too loud. Polish all your shiny buttons, dress as lamb yeah. instead of mutton. But you never had to try to stand out from the crowd. So it's that superb sort of yeah. empathetic insight into the human condition that you've got this authority figure that's standing yeah. there and bellowing and projecting authority and dominance and masculinity with all the same, I don't fucking know what I'm doing here. I'm I'm so scared. I'm I'm lonely or whatever it is, that insecurity that everyone else feels. And I love that the fact that they managed to put all that into one verse. It's that's a very cool thing that he was able to do. Mm -hmm. You know, when we we talked yeah, about the, that's the difference between Freddie and John. And I think that's one of the things that you know that Freddie wrote this and John didn't. Is because John was always, I think John was always a bit more grounded. You know, a bit more romantic, where Freddie was a bit more grounded and sort of pragmatic. But this song shows his that side of him that was sort of, yeah, you know, I, I that yearning thing that I wish things were different. And so that verse has always been really, I don't know, I've always connected to that man. And I think it's, I think it's just a really cool song. The other thing I would say about this song is that the, the title of the song is "Don't Try So Hard," and the song doesn't try so hard. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't force things it doesn't it yep. doesn't pack too much in it doesn't get cardio with itself it doesn't it doesn't make the mistakes that they made on the miracle or sometimes not space to kind of magic where it just lets the vocal and the lyric carry the song rather than getting everything complicated so yeah i've i've always really liked this song it's one of the it's one of the sort of the, the, the better songs on the on uh, innuendo for me so can i ask you a question and this yeah. isn't uh necessarily to do with with this uh song but I do believe I was having a, a very brief uh, Twitter conversation with, I think, our buddy Dieter. Okay. And so for you, when you hear a song for the first time, do you hear melody and lyric or lyric 
or do you hear rhythm? What do you hear first when you hear a song? Dieter and I were speaking that with that about that briefly. Man, that's such a good question. Hey, I mean, I think that's a good question for any musician because I think at least partially it depends on what mood you're in, what mode you're in. Like if I'm listening to that as a drummer, while well, I'm disengaged immediately. If I'm listening to it as a singer, then I'm getting, you know, you know what I mean? But generally I would say that I like melody first. If a song doesn't have melody, I'm probably out. Yeah. Um, which is why I don't listen to rap music because I, it's not that rap music doesn't have melody, but I, I don't, I can't find it. I don't find it as easily. And we've had that conversation lots about jazz too. Like I, I struggle more to find the melody in jazz because my, my, maybe my ear isn't as refined or whatever. Rock and roll, I know where the beats are. I know where the points are that I can latch on to. So melody is a big thing. And then lyrics for me are definitely a huge thing too. And they don't have to be great lyrics. Maybe they can be rhythmic. Maybe they can be abstract and they can be sort of, you know, um, counterpoint. But but lyrics definitely matter. So you go melody and then you go lyrics? Yeah, mostly. I would say, I would say mostly, yeah. I would say mostly. Because I, I generally go... You know, uh, rhythm groove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, number one. Yeah. Then melody would be number two. Yeah. And then three is is lyrics. So, you know, for me, like, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because so I'm listening to this song for the first time, uh, and although I was reading along with the lyrics, uh, it's just so hard for me to, you know, to listen to the to read the lyrics or listen to them as I'm like processing all the rest of it. Yeah. And although this is not like a super groovy tune or anything, but uh that's generally the way I, I prioritize things and uh i only bring this up because uh just because of that so but i think that's another thing that you know we we, we started in this podcast and we're now you know halfway through season three and i think the nice thing about this is that you know as as close as we are as friends and as sort of as many touch points as we have musically that we're you know aligned with and familiar with there are still these things that we're very different on that I find super interesting that yeah, what I look for in, in the same song, you know, let's take a song like, I don't know, um, Pride and Joy by CB Wave On. We might take two different things away from that same song. Of course. Or a song like, um, well, you know, a song like Don't Try So Hard by Queen. Don't try So Hard, yeah. We're going to take two different things away from that song. And I think that's the beauty of music. <laughs> These and are I was the, just going to say, isn't that the fucking beauty of music? Yes. Absolutely. It's why yeah. we all listen to it. It's why we talk about it. It's why, you know, and ladies and gentlemen who listen to this podcast, if you think that you're weird because you, the only thing you talk about with your friends is music. I've been friends with this fucking idiot on the other end of my Zoom screen right now for 20 plus years. And mainly what we do when we get together, well, we drink a lot of beer, an unnecessary amount of beer, I would say. But we also just talk ceaselessly and relentlessly about music. And that's because it's the best thing in the world to fucking talk about, man. <laughs> Makes the world go round. I mean, what else are we doing all this for? Yeah, it, it's that, you know, it's, it's the thing that can sit, well, not to get too political on the podcast, Randy, but it's the thing that conservatives get wrong. You know, we're not here to work, we're here to live. And the thing that makes us live is art, I think. That's mm -hmm. my. That's that's the thing that I truly believe is that without art, there's no point living. You're just existing at that point. So, you know, we're just all here to serve the corporate consumerist machine. I, I don't get why you would bother, right? So, <laughs> yeah. We started heavy. I think we finished heavy, right? So Yeah. Hey, wow. Just keeping it on our light there, Kev. <laughs> okay. So let's let's wrap things up then, Randy. Um, I think, you know, this is the first time hearing this song. Um, I've had quite a lot of beer tonight, so my um Yeah, I thought we I thought we had wrapped it up a minute ago. Oh yeah, no. Oh no, no, no. My ability the, to uh my ability extended, to produce is this the extended wrap? This is the extended version, yeah. The twelve inch version. <laughs> oh for fuck's sake, you throw my I thought we'd wrap it up. Is there anything really else you want to say about this song to leave our listeners with? That is not abusing my inability to produce a podcast. <laughs> no, nothing. He's got nothing, ladies and gentlemen. This man is <laughs> fucking hell, man. Uh.
I feel like we may have tried too hard. Is that possible? But if it's only the fools who make the rules, maybe we shouldn't try so hard. <laughs> Stuff to ponder. If I was to title this episode, I'd call it Polish All Your Shiny Buttons Dressed as Lamb Instead of Mutton. Those must be some shiny buttons. We'd sure like to know what you have to say about Queen, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you get some time, why not check out the Deep Dive Podcast Network? I've heard they like rock and roll over there. We'll be back with you next week to talk about this wonderful band. Here's Kevin. Seaside Park Review. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.